Welcome to this podcast from St. Mary's, the University Church. While public worship will not be offered in church for the time being, this podcast is being issued to mark the seventh Sunday of Easter. It's the day when we would have welcomed the Bishop of Oxford to preside and preach at our confirmation service. And so we're delighted to welcome him today to join with us in offering a reflection for this podcast. The prayers will be led by two of our confirmation candidates, Ben Hawkins and Georgiana Samoyla. The seventh Sunday of Easter follows the Feast of the Ascension. It marks a moment of transition when our celebration of Easter takes on an element of anticipation as we look forward to the Feast of Pentecost. These nine days, an novena between Ascension and Pentecost, have traditionally been kept as a time of intense prayer and intercession as we pray for the Church and for the world in all its need. We pray for the gifts of the Spirit, that same Spirit who will dwell in our hearts and intercede for us with sighs too deep for words. Let us pray. O God, the King of glory, you have exalted your only Son, Jesus Christ, with great triumph to your kingdom in heaven. We beseech you, leave us not comfortless, but send your Holy Spirit to strengthen us and exalt us to the place where our Saviour Christ is gone before, who is alive and reigns with you in the unity of the Holy Spirit, one God now and forever. Amen.
A reading from the Acts of the Apostles. So when they had come together, they asked him, Lord, is this the time when you will restore the kingdom to Israel? He replied, It is not for you to know the times or periods that the Father has set by his own authority, but you will receive power when the Holy Spirit has come upon you, and you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem, in all Judea and Samaria, and to the ends of the earth. When he had said this, as they were watching, he was lifted up, and a cloud took him out of their sight. While he was going, and they were gazing up towards heaven, suddenly two men in white robes stood by them. They said, Men of Galilee, why do you stand looking up towards heaven? This Jesus, who has been taken up from you into heaven, will come in the same way as you saw him go into heaven. Then they returned to Jerusalem from the mount called Olivet, which is near Jerusalem, a Sabbath day's journey away. When they had entered the city, they went to the room upstairs where they were staying, Peter and John and James, and Andrew, Philip and Thomas, Bartholomew and Matthew, James son of Alphaeus, and Simon the Zealot, and Judas son of James. All these were constantly devoting themselves to prayer, together with certain women, including Mary the mother of Jesus, as well as his brothers. Thanks be to God. A reading from the Holy Gospel according to St John. After Jesus had spoken these words, he looked up to heaven and said, Father, the hour has come. Glorify your Son, so that the Son may glorify you, since you have given him authority over all people to give eternal life to all whom you have given him. And this is eternal life, that they may know you, the only true God, and Jesus Christ, whom you have sent. I glorified you on earth by finishing the work that you gave me to do. So now, Father, glorify me in your own presence with the glory that I had in your presence before the world existed. I have made your name known to those whom you gave me from the world. They were yours, and you gave them to me, and they have kept your word. Now they know that everything you have given me is from you. For the words that you gave to me, I have given to them, and they have received them, and know in truth that I came from you, and they have believed that you sent me. I am asking on their behalf. I am not asking on behalf of the world, but on behalf of those whom you gave me, because they are yours. All mine are yours, and yours are mine, and I have been glorified in them. And now I am no longer in the world, but they are in the world. And I am coming to you. Holy Father, protect them in your name that you have given me, so that they may be one, as we are one. Thanks be to God.
in the name of the living God, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Amen. It's really good to be able to contribute to this weekly podcast from the University Church and to offer warm greetings and assurance of prayers to all who share in this act of worship. It's good to be able to offer thanks and appreciation to the vicar, the team, and many who are sustaining Christian service and witness through this season. I'm just in awe at all the love and creativity which is being poured out by the Christian community and many others at this most difficult time. St Luke is the only one of the four Gospel writers to continue the story of Jesus beyond the resurrection. Like Matthew, Mark and John, Luke tells the story of Jesus' ministry and his death on the cross and his rising from death in his Gospel. But then Luke offers us this unique second book, the Acts of the Apostles. Acts is the most exciting book in the New Testament, probably in the entire Bible. In it, Luke continues to tell the story of Jesus, the story of Jesus unfolding now through the gift of the Holy Spirit, through the forming of the Church of Jesus Christ, through the progress of the Gospel, through all the world, but still the story of Jesus. Luke is the first historian and theologian to grapple with the question which still engages the best minds of our day. One of the most lively contemporary historians, Tom Holland, has recently published Dominion, The Making of the Western Mind. Holland sets out to answer the question, how was it that a cult inspired by the execution of an obscure criminal in a long-vanished empire came to exercise such a transformative and enduring influence on the world. Luke is asking a very similar question for the educated Romans of his day. The Christian faith is growing. Within a generation, there are churches in every significant city in the empire. What is at the heart of this Christian faith? How did it spread so far and so fast, despite the sporadic and often bitter persecution Luke sets out the programme for this, his second book, in today's New Testament reading, The Story of the Ascension. Christ is received into heaven. The kingdom has not yet come in all its fullness. That is why there is still suffering and war and injustice and disease and why the church often struggles. One day, Christ will return as king. But this is now the season and time of the church and of the gift of the Spirit. And today we listen to and take to heart, especially the final words of Jesus to his disciples in Luke's narrative, to us. We should take them as seriously as any of the words of Jesus in the Gospels. But you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes upon you, and you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem and in Judea and in Samaria, and to the ends of the earth. But you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes upon you, and you will be my witnesses. Luke lays out here in these words of Jesus the pattern for his second book. He will indeed tell the story of the journey of the gospel in Judea and Samaria, and to the ends of the earth, or rather to its centre, to Rome. 
But this saying is not only for the first apostles, but also for us. What do we notice as we read these words in this unique ascension tide, as the church in lockdown? The first word I notice is this word, power. You will receive power when the Holy Spirit has come upon you. Somewhere near the heart of Christian faith is the truth that we do not and cannot practice this faith, live as disciples, in our own strength alone. The truth that the Christian way is a really difficult way, that the church will need courage and resilience and endurance and strength. I was due to be in St Mary's on this Sunday for a confirmation service to pray with and for new Christian disciples at the beginning of their journey for a deep strengthening of their lives through the power of the Holy Spirit. And we pray for those candidates today and look forward to the time, not too distant I hope, when they can indeed be confirmed. They are a reminder to all of us, as every confirmation reminds us, that we do not live this Christian life in our own strength, but in the strength God supplies. We pray Sunday by Sunday in the Eucharist in normal times, renew us by your Spirit. Into our Christian lives is woven dependence upon God. That power is not given that we should lord it over others, for that does not require special grace. The power God gives is the power, most of all, to be like his Son Christ, to be glorified as Jesus is glorified in the Gospel of John, through the cross, through suffering, through love, and through service. As I said at the beginning, the Church has been amazing through this crisis. I'm in awe at what has been done through food banks and community partnerships and online services and the depth of community and care that I've seen. But I recognise now that the Church is becoming deeply tired, as are those who are leading her ministry. So this is a moment and a season to remember that we are not called to minister in our own strength, but in God's. We will need more sustainable rhythms and more measured responses in this next stage of the crisis. On Pentecost Sunday, Luke tells us how the Spirit rested on each of the apostles in the symbol of the tongues of flame. The early church fathers connect the flames of Pentecost beautifully with the story of the burning bush in Exodus 3. This is a flame which sets our hearts on fire, which burns within us, but which does not consume us. We are called to burn, but not to be burnt up. The second words I notice more briefly are the purpose for which the Spirit is given. According to Acts, we are called to be witnesses in every age and in all the earth. Witnesses to God's love in our lives, in our communities, and in the testimony we're called to give when invited to do so. In the last analysis, this is how and why the gospel spread in the first generations 
and in every generation. Because each generation of Christians has testified to the difference of faith in Jesus Christ has made in our lives and testified in our lives and through our words. A difference which is measured in love and joy and peace, the fruits of God's Spirit, fruits which are present even in this time of crisis. There are many frustrations as we journey through lockdown and distancing, but there are also moments of opportunity as we seek to be at peace and at rest in God this year. I invite all of us to seek strength and grace from God in this season, in this period between Ascension and Pentecost, to seek a fresh outpouring of God's Spirit for God's Church as we wait and seek His ways. And may God be with you and bless you in this time and in all the times to come. Amen.
Our prayers are led by two of our confirmation candidates, Ben and Georgiana. Please keep them in your prayers along with the other candidates as they continue to prepare for the day of their confirmation. The response to the phrase, Thy kingdom come, is, Thy will be done. Through Christ, whoever lives to make intercession for us, let us pray to the Lord. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done. God of glory, send your spirits to renew the earth, drawing all people to yourself in the new creation. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done. God of love, your Son promised that the Spirit would teach us all things. Send your Spirit to renew the Church, that the whole body of the Church may be drawn into union with you and discover the glory which is yours. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done. God of joy, your Son promised life-giving water to all who thirst. We pray for all those who have been baptised and who seek the gift of baptism. As we remember those who first professed their faith during the season of Easter, we pray that they may know your grace and kindness. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done. God of peace, your Son promised to send us the Spirit of truth. Give patience and perseverance to all the peacemakers of the world. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done. God of mercy, your Son promised that the Spirit would dwell in our hearts. We pray that you will offer your hope and comfort to those grown old and left in loneliness and pain. We pray for those who are unable to work or find a place to live, and for all who strive for a nobler world of justice and peace. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done. God of all consolation, your Son promised that the Spirit would give life. We pray for those who are sick and all those affected by the current pandemic. We pray that they may know the tenderness of your love. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done. God of life, your Son promised that the Spirit would bring comfort to your people. Raise up with your power all those who have died and bless all who mourn their passing. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done. Let us pray. Our Father who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, in earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive them that trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, the power and the glory, forever and ever. Amen. May the Spirit who hovered over the waters when the world was created breathe into you the life he gives. Amen. May the Spirit who overshadowed the Virgin when the Eternal Son came among us make you joyful in the service of the Lord. Amen. May the Spirit, 
who set the church on fire upon the day of Pentecost, bring the world alive with the love of the risen Christ. Amen. And the blessing of God Almighty, the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit be upon you and remain with you now and always. Amen.